for today's message comes from the book of James, chapter 3, verses 13 through chapters 4, 3, and verses 7 through 8. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good life that your works are done with a gentleness born of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and devilish. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without the trace of partiality and hypocrisy. And the harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. Those conflicts and disputes among you, where do they come from? Do they not come from your cravings that are at war within you? You want something and do not have it, so you commit murder. And you covet something and cannot obtain it. So you engage in disputes and conflicts. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly in order to spend what you get on your pleasures. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. The word of God for the people of God. Bring us to this course a couple more times. I want you guys to lift up your voices and just sing it to him. Make it your prayer for this morning. thankful for that. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this day, for these, your people. Help us as we read and study your holy word to think about it, to, to apply it to our lives. Lord, we pray as your word is proclaimed this morning, that you open our hearts and our minds so that we can hear a word from you. Come, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen. Last week we learned that God expects his people to control the use of our tongues. We looked at some of the, the most common ways in which we abuse the gift of speech. We also learned the proper way that God expects us to use our words in a positive 
manner. Extremely important issue that we get this right. As we continue moving through this, this series in the book of James, this morning we're going to look at what James tries to, to go ahead and finish up in chapter 3 over into chapter uh, 4. True wisdom, spiritual maturity. You can't have one without the other. In fact, as we see in the, the course of today's message, spiritual maturity is the true sign that a person has received and is walking in the true wisdom of God. You can't reach spiritual maturity without true godly wisdom. So you might ask yourself this morning, then who is wise? Who is wise? James 3.13 says this. Who is wise and has understanding among you? He should show his works by good conduct and wisdom's gentleness. And only true wisdom produces maturity, which in turn affects every aspect of our lives, from our thought process to our outward actions, including our speech including our speech. True wisdom is the ability to apply the knowledge of, of God's Word, to be able to take what God has entrusted to you and to me, and, 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 and we take God's Word and to share it with other people. There's a lot of misconception when it comes to wisdom and, and knowledge and the role that, that each one of them play in life. They're both interconnected, inseparable really, but they play distinctive roles. Let's compare the difference between wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge is the accumulation of facts. That's what we accumulate as we go through life. It's something we obtain every day or we should. Each of us should be committed to, to be a lifelong learner. We obtain knowledge through several um, various means, such as reading, watching, or personal experience, studying our Bibles. Every how that we go about doing it, all of us are going to be a little bit different. But, but anyway, that's how we gain, how we gain this, uh, this knowledge. But, but once, once we get this knowledge... What do we do with it? Well, what do we do with it? What are we doing for the kingdom? How are we building up God's kingdom with the knowledge that we have? I think this is where wisdom comes into play. Wisdom is knowing how to properly apply the knowledge that we have obtained from God's Word into everyday situations of our lives. That making sense? Taking knowledge and depending upon the Holy Spirit to guide us so that we can be wise enough and, and use God's wisdom to share what God has given us in knowledge with, with other people. It's a God-given ability to make correct judgments and decisions based on the truths of God's Word. I didn't say Wall Street. I didn't say USA Today. On God's Word. On God's Word. Knowledge is obtained through our efforts, 
Yeah, it, it takes some effort. But wisdom is developed within us by the Holy Spirit. So where does true wisdom come from? True wisdom comes only from God. Aren't you glad? James 3.15 says this, Such wisdom does not come from above, but is earthly, unspiritual. He calls it demonic. For where envy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every kind of evil. But the wisdom from above is first pure, peace-loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, without favoritism or hypocrisy. Let's think about that for a minute. What he's done is comparing for us and for all of the world that true wisdom comes from God. And this other wisdom that we think that we do, he, he says that's of the world and it's not really wisdom at all, but it's in fact demonic deception. That's what James is saying. James teaches us in no uncertain terms that any wisdom that doesn't come from God is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Through the scriptures, both Old and New Testaments, we're reminded of where true wisdom come from, comes from. Proverbs 2.6 says, for the Lord gives wisdom. Who's, who gives wisdom? The Lord. The Lord. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. James 1.5 says, now if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to all who gives to all generously without criticizing. God's not criticizing you when you ask for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom every day to help me lead this church. Over and over and over and over. Who gives to all generously and without criticizing, and it will be given to him. Do y'all believe that? That's Scripture. That's God's holy word. Why wouldn't we pray for that? Notice how the Apostle Paul contrasts the true wisdom from God in, in this earthly human wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1.25 says, Because God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Paul says, Even in foolishness, the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. We must apply ourselves to obtain the knowledge of God. We know that through studying His Word. Then we seek Him through prayer to develop this wisdom in our lives so that through, through the working of the Holy Spirit that we can become the people that God has called us to be. What are the problems created with this lack of wisdom? The Scriptures teach of many problems that are created in our personal lives, our families, our churches, as a, a direct result of a lack of godly wisdom and spiritual maturity. Godly wisdom and spiritual maturity. James lumps these two in two general sins. James 3, 14 says this. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, don't brag and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come 
from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where envy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every kind of evil. Now, these two sins that, that James lists here, bitter envy and selfish ambition, he goes on to say that these are two really, really bad sins. That when they exist in a person's life, it opens the door to all manner of disorder and every kind of evil. I think you would agree with me that it's important that we understand the devastating effects that, that two, these two sins produce in our lives so that we can make, you and I can make certain to keep our lives free of them. What is bitter envy? What is that? We can break it down and go back and look at the, the Greek. It, it, it means malignant or, or um, uh, a, a word, it, more or less it means malignant. Our word envy comes from, from a Greek word too, and, and it can mean zeal or eagerness, or it can be used in a negative context like James uses it here, and it means intense jealousy or bitter rivalry. You put those two words together in this context, it means a malignant, intense jealousy. That destroys people and everyone around them. A jealousy that has become like, like a cancer in the body and in the soul. A cancer that, that blinds us to all that God wants to do in and through us and consumes everything good in our lives. Bitter envy taints our relationship with, with God. And with every other earthly relationship we will ever have as long as it remains within us. Selfish ambition. What's that? Before we go any further, I want to talk about that just a, a moment. That there's a difference between godly ambition and selfish ambition. Understand that. Ambition in itself is not simple. We ought to all be ambitious for certain things in our lives. You ought to be ambitious to, uh, to accomplish something big for God in your life. Amen. Accomplish something big for God in your life. You should be ambitious about that. You ought to be ambitious to make a difference in the lives of other people. We ought to be ambitious to make life better for our families. We ought to be ambitious to leave behind a godly legacy for our children and grandchildren to follow. This type of ambition, that's not simple. Because, here's why, because it's not selfish. Nor is it what James is condemning here in this passage. Now, as we did a minute ago, we can go on and look at uh, the, the term selfish ambition in the Greek to act for one on, uh, I'm sorry, to act for one's own selfish gain. Regardless of the discord, or strife that it causes. That's, that's what it means. To place self-interest ahead of what the Lord declares is right. Or, or what is good for others. You really don't care. Jeremiah 6.14. I love what today's Living Bible says about that. Jeremiah 6.14. You can't heal a wound by saying it's not there. You can't heal a wound by saying or acting like, oh, it's not there. Oh, yeah, it is there. So what would true wisdom produce in our lives? First, godly wisdom is pure, peace-loving, gentle. I've read this all to you a while ago. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. Those who cultivate peace 
True wisdom comes from an understanding that understanding of God's word. That's why it's pure. It's untainted by the philosophies or the opinions of the world. Don't they wear you out? Everybody has an opinion. Everybody has some philosophy. They wear me out. And I know they do you too. It's, but it just on and on and on. True wisdom recognizes that God's word is always best. And the final authority, there's that word. And final authority for all areas of our lives. All areas of our lives. True wisdom produces a purity in our life that reflects the truths that are revealed in God's word. A love for, for peace, for instance. True wisdom produces within us a love for peace. Hebrews 12, 14 says this, Pursue peace with everyone and holiness. Without it, no one will see the Lord. That's a little bit of a wake-up call, isn't it? You know, I mean, as long as you're reading the Scripture, you should always read it. We live in a drama-filled society. Everywhere you look, there's people involved in drama. We even celebrate sometimes so-called reality TV shows where we watch other people's drama. Sometimes there's even drama in the church between Christian people. That should not be so. A drama-filled life is a sure sign of lack of wisdom and spiritual maturity. Y'all with me? True wisdom produces a love for peace in our hearts that refuses to be drawn in by the drama and division of the world. True wisdom takes away our desire to argue and fight. It replaces it with a desire for peace for all people. True wisdom produces gentleness within us. This is not to be confused with weakness. Gentleness is not weakness, but is a sign of true strength. Gentleness has the power to retaliate against that person who said something about you or mistreated you or did you dirty, but instead wisdom chooses to respond with grace and mercy. We remember someone a long time ago that did that. Who was it? Jesus. Did he not do that? Compliance with God's will. True wisdom recognizes that God's way is always the best way. And that God is worthy of our obedience. So the truly wise person submits every area of our lives to God's will. True wisdom understands the power of mercy. It recognizes that we would be hopeless without God's mercy in our lives. This understanding in turn produces mercy in us towards others. Well, you want God to extend mercy to you, then you not extend mercy to others. Matthew 6, 14 says, For if you forgive people their sins, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive people, your Father will not forgive you. Do I need to read that again? Okay. Sermon on the Mount. Just read it. 
over and over and over and over. True wisdom produces abundant mercy in our hearts. The fruit of the Spirit in, in our lives, good fruit. When the Bible speaks of bearing fruit, it's speaking of doing the works that are produced, um, being produced in, in our life by Jesus Christ. In the same way, every good tree produces fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So you'll recognize them by their fruit. True wisdom, godly wisdom, who is wise, produces a heart within us that's, that's free, that's free from favoritism, prejudice, racism, partiality. Our hearts change. Our hearts change. We begin, we, like John the Baptist said, we begin to decrease when we get to this point so that the Lord can increase in our lives. My brothers, do not show favoritism as you hold on to the faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. True wisdom produces a, a Christ-like heart within us that looks past race or ethnicity or socioeconomic status or, or, or other characteristics and looks for the love of Christ in every person. In every person. When unchurched people, y'all have heard this before many times. When unchurched people are asked why they aren't attending church, the most prevalent answer that they give is that they're turned off by the hypocrisy of many church attenders. True wisdom recognizes the importance of us getting this right. And it produces a lifestyle consistent with God's Word and without hypocrisy. I ask you today, which type of wisdom are you living your lives by? The true wisdom that comes from God or the so-called wisdom of the world? For that's not wisdom at all. You seeking God and true wisdom for your life? If we're willing to be honest and open to God and to confess that we've not been living His wisdom, God forgives that. Then we can, then we can ask Him to, to give us His wisdom. That's the good news today. Regardless of where you are, regardless of where you are, be a new start for you right here, right today. That's the power of God. It's what Jesus has done for us. Ask him. Ask him. He will grant your, your prayer. Listen to this. James 1, 5. Now, any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to all generously. And without criticizing, I've only read this three times today, without criticizing, and it will be given to you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? I encourage you this morning to ask God to help you in this area. 